If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. If you'd like an ad-free start to this Studio DNA podcast, you can support Sif Pop at patreon.com slash studio DNA. And thank you. Sif Pop podcast is recorded in front of a live internet audience. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that would love to have force abilities, but pretty much just to get the remote when it's too far away, it's Sif Welcome to Sif Pop, streaming live on Spreaker every Friday afternoon or available to download later in your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks! Patrons get those perks! I'm Aaron Dicer from YourMovieFriend.com, and each week I'll be joined by a pop culture guru to chat movies, TV, whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. And making the lightsaber noises, it's the one, the only, he's back, it's Mr. Andrew Ormsby. Woot woot, ahoy! Great to have you back, man. Oh, this feels good to be back. Feeling like I'm getting to the place where I could come back, you know, on a uh, regular basis. Yeah? Yeah, I'm well, feeling, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. Anytime you want that chair, man, it yeah. is yours. Uh, this is going to be a big one. Yep. <laughs> it's Star Wars The Last Jedi, which is big enough in and of itself. Yeah. Um, and we, I think it's going to dominate most of the episode. We already agreed that uh, we're probably going to drop Sift Quest. Uh, so there won't be that here, so we'll have a little more time to talk non-spoilers for The Last Jedi. Um, we may even just do a really quick best-ever challenge about movies that have the word last in the title. Mm-hmm. Um, and we will do a buried treasure at yeah. the end. Um, but man, do we want to talk some Last Jedi stuff. Uh, <laughs> not only is it Star Wars, it's also a Star Wars movie that Andrew and I know that we disagree on. Yeah. But haven't talked about. So I'm really excited to kind of learn, you know, kind of your experience and your perspective and yeah. and that kind of thing. Um, did you prep any do we uh do we care today? I did. Okay, we can do that. Absolutely. Let's do some do we care. 
Every single week I'm here, I scour the internet to find out what is going on in the entertainment world, and I pick some topics for us to discuss, and we must decide whether or not we care about them or not. Number one, the biggest news easily of the week. <laughs> it happened. Yeah, Disney bought 20th Century Fox film and TV properties. We talked about this a little bit when it was rumored. Yeah, um, about the cause of them becoming this giant monopoly. Yeah, I. it's very concerning. Yeah. I have the same response I did then, which is I'm very concerned and very excited. Like, yeah. I think it's the best thing to ever happen and the worst thing to ever happen all in the same egg. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's like um, I'm hoping that they will be responsible with this power yeah, and that it won't create the sameness that a lot of people feel like it will. I'm not one who sees that with Marvel and Disney or uh, Star Wars like a lot of people do. I feel like they're true and Pixar for that matter. I feel like they treat those properties very well. Yeah. Uh, so I hope that continues. And I hope, I hope they're also responsible with the amount of leverage they have in the industry. Um, but power corrupts and they get more and more power. And you also deal with a conglomerate where it's not like it's really one person who you can trust their morals or their ethics when you become that big and that powerful, you almost get to shift that responsibility into kind of a group think, which is very dangerous because then nobody has to take personal responsibility for their ethical decisions. Yeah. So that's why monopolies are, are so dangerous. I'm just crossing my fingers and hoping that they find a way to do it right, you know? There is a rumor that there will be about five to 10,000 jobs lost in the transition from Fox to Disney. I, I'm sensitive to that. I'm very sensitive to that. Yeah. Um, but I, I do know that's also just part of growth of any industry too. Yeah. And I think we're all kind of responsible for making the best out of those situations. We've all, all been in places where we've lost jobs. I shouldn't say all, but most of us have been in places where we've lost jobs. And then it's our job to put our you know next foot in front of the other and find out what we're good at and what we can go do in this world. And yeah. so I, I definitely am sensitive about those big job losses, but those don't mean that all 10,000 of those people are in a worse place. Yeah. It means that they are now on to the next opportunity, if that makes sense. Exactly. The big thing that I am taking away for a, from a concerning standpoint on this is if you look at Fox before this uh, purchase, they were really okay with doing a lot of indie properties, you know, and turning those indie properties. You don't think giving, Disney will be? I don't see Disney as the company that really looks at... Can you think of any like Disney property like... It was a little indie film that came out of nowhere <laughs> in Disney. No, Disney doesn't do that. And Fox did. Like, if you... Okay, perfect example. Deadpool. Yeah, I, This is really bad. This might, might be a bad example. That's, that's a weird example of a, a small independent because, production. But it, it, it kind of proves my point in the fact that Disney would not do Deadpool the way that Fox did Deadpool. Yeah, I, I think you're right, but now that exists, and so, you know, you, you may think, but he, okay. But he, so that, that'll prove my point. In the future, what if another property like that comes right. along and Disney's like, yeah, we don't really do the hard R kind of stuff. Deadpool isn't great because it's hard R, though. That's not the thing that makes Deadpool great. Deadpool is great because of the attitude behind it. Now, that may also be a thing that Disney wouldn't do, yeah. right? But um, but I see. This is my thing. I don't know that Disney would make a worse version of that. I just don't know that they would. It'd be a different version of that. But I bet people would have still loved it. See, that's the thing. And I bet it would have been accessible to even more people. And I don't know that that's always a bad thing. Yeah. So, but you're right. 
You're right. It will change things for sure. Yeah. What I want to know is what's going to happen with shows like Legion and New Mutants and all those extra yeah. properties. It's really interesting. Yeah. I, it's it's definitely an interesting world, and I, I think it's the reason we haven't heard a lot about, what is it, Phase 3 of Marvel's kind of thing? Yeah. Because I think they were waiting to see if they could make this happen yeah. before they really announced what the next phase for Marvel is. You think Phase 3 is going to bring along the Disney slash Marvel X-Men? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, Phase 3 now will include maybe even Fantastic Four, maybe X-Men. Out of all the Marvel properties, I am excited that Disney actually picked up. It's Fantastic Four. Because nobody's treated that well yet. Nobody. X-Men at least has a, a, you know, a couple good movies. Yeah, they actually have... I think they have more good movies than bad movies. Right. So I'd agree with that. Um, but the bad ones are really bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so... Yeah, what I want to know also is what's going to happen with like... Did they get Fox News? What? How? What did? What did they encompass all of no, 20th Century Fox? So what? What Fox did was in the agreement, uh, which I have not read in detail. I've just read summaries of, but they talked about the ability to break off parts of what they have into its own thing and then sell the rest to Disney. So for fifty-four I'm, billion dollars, right? I'm guessing Fox News is part of that. I'm guessing that there are there are elements that they are putting into a new company. Yeah. That that have been agreed upon. Like that's okay. You can separate those things out, but here's what here's what we want. So I what I'm not sure of if is if they got Fox's stake in Hulu. I think they did, but um but I'm not sure because that would give them a majority uh ownership of Hulu. Because they already own thirty three percent of Hulu or thirty percent of Hulu and Fox owned thirty percent of Hulu. So Ooh. that would give them sixty percent of Hulu. Wow. So <laughs> The streaming world just got interesting, too. Yeah. So would Disney's... You know how Disney's been wanting to have their own streaming service? Yes. What is if it's Hulu, Hulu? If it's Hulu. I think it might be. Yeah. Okay. That that would actually be pretty interesting to see that come to fruition, if that is what is going to happen. Uh, in the chat, oh. in the chat, they're saying uh, no news or sports. So Fox divided out their news and sports division, but it did include the all the Hulu stuff and the TV stuff. Okay. So there you go. Let's move on. Number two, Seth Rogen will play Walter Cronkite in a biopic entitled Newsflash. Interesting. What I always like about this is there's always, you know, famous comedic actors, Will Ferrell, Jim Carrey. Uh, they want their dramatic shot. They get a dramatic shot and then they nail it. Mm -hmm. Like look at Jim Carrey in Man on the Moon or Eternal Sunshine or Will Ferrell right. in... Uh, Stranger than fiction. Stranger than fiction, which mm -hmm. is such a good movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I now that I'm thinking about it, like if you listen to Walter Cronkite, I could see Seth Rogen doing justice to that because he's done dramatic roles for sure. like Steve Jobs or um uh, even the disaster artist, I guess you could technically count as a dramatic role sure. for him. But yeah, he I I I am okay with this. I'm well, okay with this. I mean, look at look at possibly the most beloved and famous actor. Uh, you know, of our time, Tom Hanks. Yeah. He was a comedian. He was. Like, he was doing the burbs and, you know, and even big. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. the, it is it is a well-worn path from comedy to drama. It is not a well-worn path the other direction. Yeah. You know, um, I'm sure there are examples, but it's much harder to be like a, you know, you don't see Daniel Day-Lewis, you know, doing a raunch com. You know what I mean? It's Daniel just... Day-Lewis brings Dumb and Dumber 3. <laughs> I love that. That would be amazing. Can we make that happen? Disney, with all of your power. 
This is what you need to make happen. Bring Daniel Day-Lewis <laughs> out of retirement DDL for his out of retirement for his final film, Dumb and Dumber, Dumber 4. Three. <laughs> yes. Wow, uh, that would be amazing. Uh, I, you know, as as far as this specific movie, I'm always wait and see. Like, yeah. you know, it, it's it's interesting uh, when the screen when the picture's on the screen. I'll let you know what I think. Yeah, and this is the one because I think I figure we were going to talk most about 20th Century Fox. You know, when that yeah happened. yeah yeah. So this one we're probably not going to care about, but I. I had to have a third one, so Kevin Hart wants to remake Mrs. Doubtfire. I did see that. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, that's what I thought, too. <laughs> it's, it's probably more on the, nah, don't really need to talk about it much further. Yeah, don't care, don't want them to do it. Yeah. Um, stop I don't, doing, stop uh, well, doing see, remakes. Uh, uh, see, we're not on the same page on that, necessarily. I don't mind you doing remakes. I don't mind you doing it, but, you know, because you can do it well, but I'm just, I'm not interested in, in that uh, currently. You'll have to prove it to me. I think if you're going to remake a movie, remake a bad movie good. Don't remake a good movie. Yeah. Yeah, you know, because Mrs. Doubtfire is a pretty good movie. Yeah, uh, I, as far as all the different ways to revisit material, remake is my least favorite. Yeah. I'd much rather see a sequel. I'd much rather see um, an expanded universe than I would want to see a remake. So. Yeah. Yeah, so that's just me. Star Wars? Man, let's do it. Let's talk some Star Wars. Here it comes. Something inside me has always been there. But now it's awake. And I need help. I've seen this raw strength only once before. It didn't scare me enough then. It does now. Star Wars The Last Jedi. Rey develops her newly discovered abilities with the guidance of Luke Skywalker, who is unsettled by the strength of her powers. Meanwhile, the Resistance prepares to do battle with the First Order. That's about as vague a summary as you can get. Yep. And that's what we want, because if you haven't seen it, we don't want to spoil anything for you. So <laughs> we're going to do some spoiler-free Star Wars The Last Jedi talk. Uh, if you don't want spoilers, there'll be another episode in your podcast feed for the Sift Spoil, uh, which, boy, that's going to be fun. This whole thing is going to be fun. As already alluded to, Andrew and I got a chance to see this together early and had basically opposite reactions, but we don't know the details of why we felt the way we did. Um, So, and only really know that you felt the way you did was because a friend called and you were telling them, I think, here's what you said before we do liked it, loved it, disliked it, hated it, it was okay. You said... It was one of the worst movies you've ever seen, not just one of the worst Star Wars movies you've ever seen. Thinking about it now, I it was just, you know, fresh in my mind and sure. I was really well, upset. You, when you have something you love and you feel like it's trashed, yeah. That makes sense. So I'm guessing you landed it and hated it. Is that where you land? I'm gonna stick actually with just really didn't like it. So very close to hating it. Very close. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. What uh, did you so what did you take from my reaction when I, you know, talked to I thought uh, you were being friend. sarcastic. When I, I first, at first, <laughs> I, when you first said that cuz coming out of that I'm like there's no way anybody's going to like this movie. I, it was utter garbage. And then when you said I I loved it. I, I thought it was one of the greatest Star Wars movies ever. I'm like, "Oh, that's pretty funny." 
And then it got awkward because I'm like, <laughs> wait, oh, wait, you, he's you, serious. You really liked it. It was, it was one of those moments where you feel like you saw a different movie than somebody else. I'm listening to you talk about this movie and you're going through all these details and we'll get into them. Yeah. Um, you know, as far as not, not like details as far as the specific things you didn't sure, like. Sure, sure, sure. But just being like, you know, I, I hated uh, this and this and, or I think you just went through like, Bad acting, bad this, bad that, and I was yeah. like, "What movie did he see?" Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm firmly. Uh, I shouldn't say firmly. I'm. I'm. Uh, well within the loved it category. Okay. Um, so if if you took me a couple steps back, maybe it'd just be really liked it. But uh, but I'm going with loved it. Yeah. I, I had a blast with this movie. Don't get me wrong. There are parts of this movie that were amazing okay well let's get into the details then and yeah. I, and usually we would go with like pros and then cons but let's just have a conversation because i really want to hear your experience okay and understand the movie you saw and you mentioned earlier before you get started you mentioned earlier that you're glad that we waited a few days to to do this yes i am too because when we first saw it and we were looking at critical response because it was only the critics who had seen it yeah it was Almost a hundred percent, like through the roof, positive. Yeah, right. Like even if you looked at the Rotten Tomatoes when it came out, I think it was at ninety five percent when it debuted yesterday. It may yeah. have gone down a little bit since then. But <laughs> before before you continue on, I need to I need to tell everybody this story about the drive back from Kansas City. <laughs> so uh, it felt really bad. Or it felt really awkward because I didn't like the movie and Aaron did. And I want to you make- to know I didn't feel any of that. No, 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 for no, but this is where this is what I mean by it got awkward. Okay. Because you wanted to make me feel better. I did. You're like, okay, well, why don't I just read some critical reviews? Yes. Maybe there are some people who feel the way you do. For almost 30 minutes, you read off different reviews, and there was not a single <laughs> bad review of this movie. And I'm like, oh my God, what is wrong with me? I felt well, like maybe because okay here's another thing and this would have been my one last thing but i uh-huh. guess since we're having a conversation we're just gonna I, have a conversation um a lot of them said that after a second viewing they felt different about the movie yeah so i'm wondering if that's going to be the case with me i don't want all of this positive review to mm-hmm. influence me because the no, you got to be I you. Had is the experience that's I right. Had. That's right. So, and I'm and honestly, I'm glad because as we've gotten away from that space, there yeah. has been a negative uh, uproar about this movie from online the, from, the fans. from a lot of the fans. Now, there is yeah. an argument over whether that's a very vocal minority yeah. or whether that is a big portion of the fans. Uh, the fan reviews. Uh, the sites that do fan ratings mm-hmm. that allow people just to rate even though they don't know if they've seen the movie and they can rate multiple times, yeah. those kind of things. They're coming out in the 50% range, you know, maybe uh, you know, 60%, somewhere in that. They just released the cinema score today, which is the only fan review uh, rating where they actually make sure the person has seen the movie and they can only vote once. Yeah, And that came out at an A. So I'm wondering if if it's being enjoyed by a lot of the fans, but there are people who hate it so much uh, in in a similar way that you did mm-hmm. that they're being very vocal about it. But the reason I'm glad we waited so long is because it allowed that fan reaction to kind of come out, and I feel like we're in a better place of understanding, okay, uh, Andrew's view is very legitimate. A lot of people felt this way. So validated. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's validation there, right? Yeah. 
And, you know, uh, and there's validation from my side as well as people who felt the same way I did. So it's nice because we have both sides of this to kind of have that conversation Mm -hmm. and kind of figure out each other's experiences and what that was like. So go ahead. I'm going to let you start. Tell me about your experience watching this. So this is the biggest takeaway that I had from this movie. Star Wars has a long history of setting in stone the rules of this universe. And on many, many occasions in this movie, those rules were shattered for no other reason for dramatic effect. And every time it happened, I just got this huge cringe. And I was thinking to myself, this is not Star Wars. And as a fan of Star Wars, whenever you see something calling itself that, and it's not, it's a big deal. I mean, it's a very big deal. Now, we're staying very spoiler-free here, so we're not going to yeah. go into any specifics. We will in the SIF spoiler, and I'm looking forward oh, yeah. to hearing the examples that you're talking about here because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I did not see any of that. Like, I didn't yeah. see any, quote-unquote, rule-breaking. Yeah. So, or at least any more than I have in any other Star Wars. I mean, they're always introducing new ways the powers can be used, new things that happen. Like, I didn't see anything where I was like, Oh, that's they said in you know this movie that that could never happen, and they made it happen here. So, well, maybe it maybe uh, I don't want to give too much weight with that. Never mind. I, yeah, okay, we'll yeah, wait, just, we'll wait for the spoil on that. Yeah, but but what you say is really interesting because that is the sense I'm getting from the negative things I'm seeing on Twitter. Yeah. is that it's like, oh, this is not my Star Wars. Like you, exactly. you made a different movie, and I think that's legitimate. Like I think Ryan Johnson definitely decided to make something different. Yeah, and so I think you can feel that. But that can also be used also for a positive as well because another thing that people have actually complained about with Star Wars is predictability. And you have to give credit to this movie, whether better or for worse, this movie takes some major turns in the story that I did not see coming. Now, whether or not in those cases it was to the film's detriment or not, I still have to give them credit for making such bold It's very bold, yeah. Yeah, excuse excuse crossing over into the Star Trek lingo, but it, you know it boldly goes where no Star Trek yeah. has gone before. Yeah, woohoo! Um, yeah, I was like, oh, they're what, what, what? But at at the same time, there were a lot of those. I'm like, well, what does that mean? Like, you set up, you set up a lot of stuff in the Force Awakens, mm-hmm. and then the choices you made made a lot of what happened in the Forces Awaken either negligible or pointless. I don't agree, but we're going to have to talk specifics to to really get into the nitty-gritty on that. Yeah. Um, but yes, there is definitely a... It, here's what I said, and I'll kind of share a little bit of my experience. Uh, my experience was I had a blast. I love Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, there were so many... Like, I got the chills, so I cried twice. I got the chills probably four or five times from incredible moments. It, it was one of those where I was like, wow, this movie is really doing something cool. Now, in hindsight, what I'm realizing is Ryan Johnson is subverting everything about Star Wars in this movie. And if you like that, uh, you're going li- to really like the movie. If that annoys you, I think you're really going to be annoyed by the movie. Um, because I, there are, uh, I, I was thinking about this today. In fact, I tweeted about it. I cannot think of a single moment in this movie that is cliché. That is, oh, Star Wars has always done it that way. Even when there are moments where it's very Star Warsy, mm-hmm. he does something. He twists it in just a little bit of a way to go, eh, it's not quite exactly Star Wars. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting in that way. I was thinking of example after example after example of where he's just like, nope, not my Star Wars movie. 
Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, of course that's going to annoy people, you know, because yeah. they want, he's saying, look, I'm going to make the movie I want to make, not the movie that you're expecting or that you want. Yeah. In a lot of ways. But at the same time, if you look at that, you, uh, I'm not going to call it hubris, mm-hmm. but whenever you say that I'm going to make my own movie, I don't care what anybody else says. I think that that can actually be a negative thing Sure. whenever you s- look at a property that's pro. I, can you think of any other property that is more beloved than Star Wars? Um, I mean, there are a few. There's there's ones that are up there, but right. I honestly don't think it's certainly on that top tier. Yeah, yeah. Like within like either one or number two. I don't know. Yeah. But whenever you, I'm I'm just gonna call it hubris for the sake of this That's argument. Fine. So whenever you have the hubris to say that this property that has had this tone, this vibe for, gosh, is it over fifty years now? Mm-hmm. Whenever you look at that and you say, I see where this is going. Over 40 years. Over 40 years, yeah. And you say, I see the tone and the stylization that you've used in these movies. And granted, you know, special effects have changed, but the story and the feel of the space opera, you know, whenever you change that and you say, not that he didn't care, but like, I'm just going to use it to throw it off. It still makes it feel something it felt off. Like, this isn't Star Wars, though. But and it I, is. I, I think that Because it has a Star Wars name on it. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. that's why it may have just felt like an imposter of a movie. But what if... What I had this conversation with a friend who didn't like it the first time he watched it and then actually loved it the second time he okay. watched it. Um, just so, just for some context. This was, af- this was before the second time. So we're having a conversation about what he didn't like. And he just kept saying he he used the phrase it was a middle finger to Star Wars fans like every time there were and he listed several moments that we'll talk about in spoilers yeah where it was like you know uh, he's obviously telling the fans I know what you want I'm not going to give it to you yeah and uh, what if though by making that choice because you got to remember they had no problems with Ryan Johnson right like uh, uh, Kath was it Kathy um, Kathleen Kennedy Kathleen Kennedy who oversees this, they've had notorious issues with directors trying to go in directions that they don't want them to go. Yeah, look what happened to the young Han Solo movie. Right, exactly. So obviously they're okay with what he wanted to do here. What if they're doing this intentionally because they, excuse the pun, although I think it's intentional, they want to bring balance to this universe. They want to for this movie to go, okay, we get that you've loved this about the other movies. But nobody's talking about this part of the movie. So let's emphasize this part, the, the subtleties, the, you know, the other side of, you know, what these movies have been about, those kind of themes. Okay. So, um, so I think there may be some real intention here in setting J.J. Abrams up for episode nine to go, okay, now you're not tied to anything. You can make the, you know, the best possible entertainment movie Without you know feeling like you have to be either this version of it or this version of it, now Star Wars is wide open for you. Yeah, but for some fans, then if that's the way that they're going, then they have to realize we're sacrificing sacrificing the second movie for the sake of something unique in the third movie. Yeah, but again, it's such a well-made film. I guess we can go into this part of it about how the the movie was made. Yeah, um, I feel like it's such a well-made film that it stands up. And then once those emotions kind of subside of that's not the movie I wanted. Yeah. I think you can watch it and go, Oh wow. What an incredibly intricate, you know, story is being told here. Uh, I'll talk about some of my positives and then you can, yeah, yeah, you know, I uh, have positives too. So don't get me wrong. All right. Well, let's, let's talk about a few. Oh, oh, you, you go first. Yeah. 
Um, I wanted to talk specifically about how much attention is uh, paid to the character work here. Every single character of the main characters, I should say, is really given a story arc and an evolution that they're going through. I loved the Poe Dameron stuff. I loved his evolution in this movie. Uh, I loved the, you know, the Ray and Skywalker stuff. I thought that was, you know, a great evolution. Um, many people will talk about the Finn and Rose stuff, and we'll talk more about that in in our spoiler section mm-hmm. um, about not liking that. That's one I've seen a lot, some of the more negative comments on. I actually really liked what Finn, how Finn grew in this movie, and what he learned, and how Rose was a part of that yeah. uh, in that that relationship. I thought was uh, pretty awesome. And I'm excited to talk about that in the spoilers because I know a lot of people disagree with that, and that's probably one place where I'm in the minority uh, yeah. on me liking that section of the movie. Um, but why bring all that up to say, like, you can tell Ryan Johnson loves character growth. He understands, yeah. like, how to make you feel that Kylo stuff. I was about to say, uh, Adam Driver and his Kylo Ren continues to impress because in The Force Awakens, you just get a little bit of a yeah. glimpse of the torment that's going on between the light and the dark within mm-hmm. him. And they just crank it to fourth gear in this movie. Yeah. And it's not so much that it's overwhelming right it's the perfect amount where you think he is officially one of the best villains star wars has ever had and one of the best i, I thought his performance was amazing uh, <laughs> yeah. there are moments where it's just like he has so much to convey about what's going on inside of him and i, I just feel like he does it in such a beautiful way yeah uh, mark hamill is getting uh awards consideration for his performance um i thought it was great i don't know if i'd go that far it was okay um i thought you know he had some there were some points where i was saying that's not luke that's that's mark hamill but that's not luke skywalker i i don't know i I, yeah i i mean i think there are it's interesting i'm I'm excited to talk about specifics and spoilers because i think the same thing with that's not luke is the same thing as the that's not star wars where it's like they're choosing to emphasize a different part of his character uh, but I don't think it's not him. I just think it's not what we've chosen to glom onto about him in the original movies. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it's, uh, it, it's definitely for me, I really enjoyed the performances all around. I enjoyed the character work, uh, all around. Um, I thought the visuals were spectacular. Yeah. Um, I thought the opening, uh, sequence was one of the most spectacular, uh, Star Wars sequences I've ever seen. Uh, it was just mind blowing to me. Yeah. So, um, so there's a lot of that visual stuff. I mentioned kind of those those chill moments where you just get goosebumps on top of goosebumps. Um, I had a lot of that stuff. What were did I? Do you have any other positives you wanted to bring up? A positive? No, I just have one more negative. Okay. You want to talk I, about the humor? Yeah, let's talk about the humor. Um, some of it was great. Some of it was put in parts of the movie where I thought that it was a little too much, like. The keep your humor out of this part of the movie. It's supposed to be a pretty serious moment. Now, sometimes that when you think it's going to be a serious moment and then they drop humor, you're like, oh, that was good. You know, like yeah. there's a part at the very beginning of the movie. You're like, nice. I, I like what you did there. <laughs> but there were other parts. I'm like, oh, you're you're just you're milking humor out of something that <laughs> literally at one scene. There's some milking. humor. Yeah, there is milking. <laughs> but uh, OK, yeah, I have a lot to say about that. But uh, <laughs> um. Yeah, it's just like uh, it I appreciate, appreciate the humor you went for. It's just uh, tone it back a little bit. It's the one thing I'm really excited to reassess on my second viewing. Um, yeah, because 
uh, I am, I can see very easily. It was the one thing I came out of going, that's the warning I need to give people, is that the humor could be seen as over the top at times. Now, I thought most of it, if not all of it, was really funny. Uh, I just, you're right. There may be some times where you're like, this feels a little non, you know, it feels a little goofy to me to have this here in the midst of, you know, what's going on. Yeah. Um, but I will say, if you watch the originals, like there's a lot of that kind of stuff, um, you know, especially Harrison Ford gives us a lot of that stuff where, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of some of the exact lines in the originals where like, um, you know, he's trying to impersonate a stormtrooper over the intercom. Yeah. And How are you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That kind of stuff. Um, so it is there, but you're, it does become a little obvious here. So I'm excited to, uh, you know, kind of look back at that and see if it fits a little better than I thought it did the first time. But that was my one uh, when I gave it an A minus. That was why it wasn't an A or an A plus is is because of that. So uh, I have a sneaking suspicion I'm going to like this even more the second time I watch it. But I hope so, and I hope I do like it. That's another thing. I don't want to hate this movie. I people, I hope people realize. <laughs> no, that of course not. I, it's Star Wars. I love Star Wars so much, and I hope that on a second viewing, I can appreciate the things that I actually had problems with now there are some things that i think are quote-unquote unforgivable that may be a little too harsh but i hope oh, that i can't the, wait to hear them yeah uh, i did write a letter uh, i'd like to read right now okay please. spoiler free letter yes yeah, spoiler. all right free. a letter from the desk of andrew ormsby dear hollywood please keep your political propaganda out of my movies <laughs> even if it is political viewpoints that i agree with we are barraged with that kind of talk all day long by the media and the internet we go to the movies to escape that Star Wars was supposed to be a safe place, but when you are not so subtly inserting that kind of talk into my movies, it drives me crazy. Wow. I cannot wait to hear what you thought was so political. Ugh, yeah. Okay. It was very obvious to you, but I, I, I don't even know what you're talking about. Really? Uh, yeah. Ugh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, dear Hollywood, keep making amazing Star Wars movies. Signed, Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it uh let's talk a little bit about this before um before we finish up how does this change your expectation or desire for episode nine for you know what jj abrams is going to do there like how do you now how do you go into two years from now you know your anticipation has it changed regardless of what i thought of this movie i still think that star wars in my mind will have carte blanche as far as my excitement and longing to see more because it's it, the movies can be bad, but my excitement will always be uh, impeccable. Like, it's just, you can't, it's, it's Star Wars. <laughs> so there, so is there, how many in a row of this kind of experience before you're like, oh, I lost them. I don't like Star Wars anymore. Never. Never? Can't happen. No, because. Love the originals too much. I love the originals too much. Uh, Force Awakens was great. Rogue One is amazing. Um, yeah. It's Star Wars is in my top like the culmination is in my top 10 films of all time from what it did to me as a child, you know, like shaping me into the person I wanted to or I became, you know, Mm -hmm. it it can't that can't be taken away from me. Yeah. So no, that doesn't mean that I won't be nervous about movies. Sure. And like if they meant like three or four movies that are like this one, I'm like. You're you're changing what Star Wars is. I appreciate the effort, but it's not my Star Wars. Yeah. Make Star Wars Hashtag not my Star Wars. Yeah, hashtag (laughs) not my Star Wars. Hashtag make Star Wars great again. Uh, (laughs) 
Yeah, I'm excited to go into spoilers and and talk about a lot of the stuff in this. Star Wars. The spoiler talk is going to be a pretty lengthy discussion. The the live chat, by the way, is already like petitioning for us to stay live through the the spoiler chat. So we'll have to have to see if we want to do that. But uh, but uh, but yeah, I'm I'm excited to uh, to get to some of the details. But overall, I think you kind of explained it well. Um, It is the idea that you have expectations, you have this thing that Star Wars means to you, Mm -hmm. and you go in and you're obviously put in a place where the director has said, I'm not concerned about the same things you are. Uh, Those aren't the things that I find interesting about Star Wars. Those aren't the things that I want to make a movie about. Uh, And and in fact, I'm going to almost troll you in some ways. Uh, There are moments of this movie where he starts to give us that kind of Star Wars, and then is like pulls the rug a little bit. Yeah, and all of that is inten- I really believe all of that is intentional on their part to go. Hey, we need to redefine what these movies can be. Yeah. Uh, and what's interesting is you've heard a lot of hubbub with the earlier movies about up oh, same old same. But Force Awakens is just a New Hope. It's just totally the same plot, and everything's the same. And so you hear this hubbub, and maybe this is them going, okay, well, here's what a Star Wars movie looks like when it's not the same as yeah. the others. Uh, so, I don't know. It's it's an interesting place to be in. It's interesting to see where they go from here. For me, I'm still, of course, pumped because I, I really loved this. So, yeah. I'm, I'm really excited to see where these characters go next, what that story is going to be. It's wide open. Like, you know, what is going to happen in that? After um, everything that happened in this movie, I don't know how they're going to tie up everything in one movie. Yeah, and we'll, and we'll definitely talk a little bit more about that in Sif Spoil. Yeah. Uh, we had originally chatted about doing a uh, an official Sif Sort adjustment because one of the very first Sif Sorts, we, it may have been the very first, Sif sort was to sort the Star Wars movie. Now, if you don't, if you weren't there for that, or you haven't heard of Sif sort before, uh, basically that is where we have to agree on the actual ranking of these movies. Now, because you didn't like this so much, and I loved it so much, <laughs> I didn't think we had enough time. <laughs> yeah, to, I feel like we need to revisit this after we've both seen it. You know, at least two or three times. Okay, so that we can kind of, you know. Because we've both got those initial emotions, yeah. right? So that we can back away and go, okay, where is where do we want this to land in this do list? Do you want to say like right now where you would put it, and we don't have to like yes, set. that's what I want to do. So okay. that we don't have to have the arguing, you know, like the kind of back and forth to make it land somewhere. Yeah. Um, for me, I would probably put it at number two, either number two or three. Uh, either either be just behind Empire. Uh, or excuse me, A New Hope, or Behind A New Hope and Empire. I actually like A New Hope better than Empire. I'm kind of weird that way. That's fine. So uh, it would either be at, at number two behind A New Hope with just being just a little better than Empire, um, or it would be behind the two of them. Yeah. You? Uh, I would put it probably right behind Phantom Menace, so the third worst. <laughs> Phantom Menace is a better movie than this? I think so. Okay. Yeah. Maybe, nah, man, okay, I don't know, because there are parts of this movie that I think about, like, whenever I think, like... It's a lot, aren't there? There's, there's a lot of parts you go back to. Yeah, like, I hate this part so much, but I love this part so much, so whenever I think, like, uh, is is this fight scene better than the 
uh, the Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan, Darth Maul fight scene, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, no, it's not better, but is this per- part well, worse yeah, than it- Jar- is this part worse than Jar Jar Binks? No, it's not worse <laughs> than Jar Jar Binks. But that's uh, but you know, the pieces don't make the whole too. Like you look at Phantom Menace and that that Darth Maul uh lightsaber battle is one of the coolest if not the coolest lightsaber battles it in is the, the entire coolest lightsaber in fight. the entire Star Wars history. Like yeah. it is just it's mind-blowing, but it doesn't make The Phantom Menace a great movie. You know what yeah, I mean? But that's what I'm saying. Like, there are great parts of Phantom Menace, and then there mm-hmm. are terrible parts of Phantom Menace. Yeah. There are great parts of Last Jedi, and there are terrible parts of Last Jedi. So I would either put it right behind it or right in front of it. So either the okay. third worst or the f- fourth worst. So a very similar feel to Phantom Menace for you, then. Yeah. And be right there, right yeah. there near it on the ranking. Interesting. Yeah, it would take us a while to find a, an acceptable <laughs> spot. <laughs> for it uh in in what we're definitely need some more viewings before we head on to the rest of the show do want to remind you that uh this podcast is part of the studio dna podcast network which is a fan-funded podcast network now you may have heard ads at the beginning you may hear some at the end uh that is a way to support the podcast with people who are not supporting so if you actually do go to patreon.com slash studio dna and support the network uh, you can listen to non-ad versions of all of these podcasts. Uh, you also get the bonus episode. Uh, in this case, today, we talked about The Shape of Water. Uh, we talked about The Big Sick, because Andrew finally found, uh, decided to watch The Big Sick. So we Had were... time, not decided. Okay, Had right. Yeah, no, 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 that's true. It makes it sound like you were avoiding it. He yeah. was not avoiding it. He was excited to see it. Yeah. Uh, but you can listen to that if you support. Three bucks a month is where it starts. Thank you for doing that. It means the world to us. Uh, we wouldn't be able to do this without you again the link is patreon.com slash studio dna all right uh let's let's go ahead and do the best ever um challenge but i'll just let you kind of give your notes on the best ever movies with the word last in the title okay um so we'll kind of kind of cruise through this so we can get to our um buried treasure okay um but what do you got what's at number three Number three, I have The Last of the Mohicans. Daniel yep. Day-Lewis. I, I, th- I have a feeling that we're probably going to have the same top three. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, oh, that's such a good movie. One of my favorite DDL movies. Uh, and it's that's a, that's a tough uh, list to crack. He's incredible in that movie. Somebody asked me, I think I was doing one of my um, Fay Five Sundays where I, people just throw out topics that I'll rank, and somebody threw out uh, Daniel Day-Lewis mm-hmm. performances. And I think they had that at number three yeah. of his performances. It's an incredible Incredible yeah. work by him. It's one of the first movies I can remember, like being shocked by the, the brutality of it. You know, because it's not a movie that pulls his punches. For as old as it is, it's one of the few movies from that era that was as, besides you know, like a cheesy B horror film, mm-hmm. like a dramatic film that showed that much. Yeah, and uh, it's pretty brutal. It's brutal, but it's powerful and it's emotional. It takes you on a roller coaster. And yeah. It's, it's a great book. It's, I think that'd be my number three as well. Yeah. Number two, I have The Last Samurai. Mm-hmm. Um, whew, good movie. Ken Watanabe steals that movie. His performance is otherworldly. Hans Zimmer's score is extremely beautiful. And just the way that that movie immerses you into that ancient Japanese culture makes you appreciate and admire it so much. And Tom Hanks's performance, or Tom Hanks, Tom Cruise's per- <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole different movie, whole- man. But Tom Cruise's performance is actually really good. Whenever I first saw, you know, oh, Tom Cruise is going to be in a movie called The Last Samurai. This yeah. is a joke. And then when I saw it, I'm like, oh, I get it now. It was, it's really good. 
But number one, it has to be Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Yeah, there's my, really no argument for my me. My favorite Indiana Jones movie, do you like it more or do you no, like... No, it's my favorite as well. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah the, him and Sean Connery in that and <laughs> just play the, off each other uh, so yeah. well. The whole, the the final, um, you know, the trials. The trials. Are just so great. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I really do love Last Crusade. Yeah. There are sometimes <laughs> where I'll just, I don't know why, but I'll just be going... The penitent man will pass. I know. I'll do the that too. The penitent man will pass. Yeah. Only the penitent man yeah. shall pass. Yeah. <laughs> or I, Neil. How many? How many times in my life he have I told someone poorly. that they chose poorly or wisely? You know. Yeah. It's like it's so great. Um. Yeah. No. Absolutely. That would absolutely be my number one as well. I don't know that I would have Last Samurai at number two. What would you put? Um, oh, I, I have uh, honorable mentions, and I'm curious if you would have Last King of Scotland no no probably not um i would probably i'd probably move last of the mohicans up to number two and uh, maybe do something like last action hero at number three or something like that i think that people give the last action hero they they rag on it too much but they don't understand it's fun they don't understand the type of movie it was trying right, to exactly. be exactly and uh yeah i think that for the movie they wanted to make they nailed it but it it was just came it came out too soon if that makes sense yeah came out way too soon but I think people are starting to realize now kind of like with Waterworld you know people are realizing now oh now I see what they were trying yeah. to say but yeah I know uh, what I would have in last place what's that the last Airbender <laughs> yeah oh yeah yeah last Airbender I also would mention Fern Gully the Last Rainforest and the Last Kiss and uh, like I said Last King of Scotland what about the Last Starfighter. I haven't seen The Last Starfighter. I've okay. always wanted to, since we were talking about Star Wars, and I know it came out uh-huh. of a love for Star Wars. Yeah. So I never, I've never, i never seen it, though. It's pretty good. Yeah. It's pretty good. Well, there you go. A nice quick look at the uh, best ever last movies. Um, feel free to let us know if you have one. I really want to watch Last Crusade right now. It's so good. I think I'm going to go home and I'm going to watch Last Crusade. I think that's what we're all going to do. <laughs> Actually, I may run out and watch The Last Jedi again, so nice um okay so i i've mentioned um that we're going to be skipping over the sift quest today yeah. uh i do want to let you know though if you have a quest you want to send us on a question you want to answer a debate you want uh, us to have all those kind of stuff make sure you send that in you can email at feedback at sifpop.com you can also tweet it at me uh you can also leave it in the comments at spreaker every episode at spreaker has a comment section we see all of those comments uh, so you can leave those there, and we should be able to see them. So, again, that's Spreaker.com slash Studio DNA. Just look for Sift Pop for the show, and you should have all the episodes there. So thank you for doing that. Uh, we love going on those Sift quests. Uh, before we finish up and get to our Sift Spoil episode, Andrew, mm-hmm. uh, let's do some Buried Treasure. You want to go first? Sure, I can go first. Um, I think I can go first. I'll have to remember exactly what I'm you need to go buried you're treasuring looking? <laughs> in. Uh, no, I just have to just have okay. to look up my notes real quick. Uh, my buried treasure for this week. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted to talk about the documentary uh, Jim and Andy uh, mm, that I had a yeah. chance to recently see. I may have mentioned it. Uh, no, you know, actually, I don't think I have mentioned it on the show. Um, it is. I'm a Jim Carrey fan. Yeah. Uh, I like him a lot. I like him a, a lot. lot. <laughs> uh, his work has always impressed me. Uh, at first and then astounded me later uh he his manic energy was always impressive you know yeah. right from ace ventura that one two three punch he had of ace ventura dumb and dumber and um uh cable the guy? mask oh the mask i think all there in the first year i was just like who is this guy yeah 
And uh, then you realize there's the method to his madness, right? Yeah. And so you know, then even even as early as um, Liar Liar, you're starting to see oh he's a can be a believable character in a movie too. And so you've got Liar Liar, you've got Truman Show. Um, you've got the majestic, which I think is an underrated gem. And then came Eternal Sunshine. And then Eternal Sunshine, the Spotless Mind, <laughs> Man on the Moon, and so you get to Man on the Moon, which is what this documentary is about. Yeah. And he basically had people follow him around on the set and record this process of him becoming Andy Kaufman, because he decided to be 100% method, which basically means he was acting like Andy on and off the set. Yeah. He was becoming this man uh it is a really interesting look at that movie now i think the movie shows how dedicated he was to that performance he yeah. I, I to this day and forevermore i will say he was robbed for the academy award that year uh i don't even think he got nominated can you believe that like it's just I, it is the definition of it is the same stuff we laud daniel day lewis for you know becoming yeah. another person becoming another character and he does it so well um, it's really interesting in that Andy, because Andy didn't treat people nicely, because he was interested in kind of the prank aspect of life and those kind of things. So now the things he's doing offset mm-hmm. are also having an impact on the crew and the director. It's so weird to hear. I think Milos Foreman, I think, directed it. Yeah. To hear him talk to, you know, say, can I please talk to Jim now? Can I please, in, in, you know, to have Jim Carrey as Andy Kaufman just stay in character and be like, who's Jim? And I, it's just, it's really interesting, mm-hmm. uh, a really interesting watch. So I, I enjoyed it very much yeah. to kind of see that. Most of it, by the way, done with kind of like interview segments with Jim Carrey now. Yeah. And you can tell how much that experience changed his life. Uh, I don't think he's ever been the same since then like it just completely changed who he was in a in a really kind of uh, deep way he is part andy kaufman now yeah that's exactly right that's what it feels like yeah it really is it's a great documentary i saw it uh not too long ago as well Uh, it makes you appreciate man on the moon that much more as well yeah so yeah i really like it my buried treasure yep um it's actually a buried treasure i've had before but the second season just came out and Still not a lot of people are watching this show. It is a Hulu original called Shut Eye. Oh, man. If you are not watching the show, I... <laughs> Don't you hate that? Yeah. When, like, you have a show that you know is amazing and nobody's listening to you. Exactly. Like, <laughs> Why went, aren't you watching this? I went on IMDb to check the ratings, and season two has a total of 10 ratings so far. And I'm like, no! Because I want there to be more seasons of this. So the basic premise, for those of you who don't know, it's uh, Jeffrey Donovan, you know, from Burn Notice and all those. He is a fake uh, psychic. Like, you know, he, like, tells people, like, I'm going to read your feature in the tarot card, stuff like that. Yeah. Then he gets hit in the head, and he actually starts having real visions. And it's funny because the whole premise is not about him, really. It's about this... Romani family that came over and I guess gypsy is a bad term, but you know, like the fortune tellers and stuff. And they're sure. like, they're like an actual, um, crime syndicate of these Romani families, like the mob almost. And it's really cool to see that mob dynamic mixed with the fortune teller dynamic and how this man that actually has powers now is trying to survive in this terrifying world. It is so good, and I can't stretch, stress enough how much I want people to see it. 
Oh, it's so good. And what's it called again? Shut eye. Shut eye. Shut eye is a term that magicians and uh, thieves and stuff like that use whenever, like, uh, like somebody who says they can talk to the dead. Shut eye is a term that people like, hey, don't go shut eye, meaning you actually believe you have powers now. Oh, right. Yeah. Like yeah. some people like say, I really can talk to dead people now. That means they've gone shut eye. Ah. They're blind to their own hubris. They believe the lie. Yeah, themselves. they believe the lie. They believe their own lie. So that's what a shut eye means. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Maybe I maybe I've gone shut eye with the last Jedi. <laughs> believe maybe my I've own gone shut eye with maybe I'm just <laughs> believing it's a terrible movie and it's something beautiful right in front of me I just can't see. Oh, we're excited to talk spoilers. Uh so make sure you head on to the next episode if you've seen the movie, uh, because I'm sure we're gonna enjoy talking last Jedi. In fact, I feel like we had a almost a shorter actual episode of Sif Pop because we're so excited to start actually talking specifics yeah. about The Last Jedi. So stay tuned uh, for that. And maybe one of us will, will wake up and uh, get out of our shut eye. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us today for Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other live and later shows on the network by following us at Spreaker, uh, either in the Spreaker app or at Spreaker.com slash Studio DNA. Huge thanks to Andrew for coming by today. Hey! Andrew. I'm looking forward to coming back on a regular basis. I really am. Uh, so anything you want to point people to right now? Uh, this. I Since I don't do YouTube anymore, I don't really have anything to plug anymore. So uh, just head over, Twitter to, follow. head over to... Oh, I guess you could yeah, follow me at Twitter at at Flick Freaks. Uh, I do have an Andrew at the Andrew Ormsby, but I rarely ever go there, so... If you want to interact with me, the best way to do that would be through at Flick Freaks and not at the Andrew Ormspeak. Just because I know some people who I do appreciate, you know, sending me messages on the Andrew Ormspeak one, but I I rarely check it, so that's why it takes a long time for me. It's to funny; it's to the people. only one I've been using recently. We just recently had this conversation on yep. Twitter. I'm a huge Twitter user, yeah. and anytime I've been adding you, I've been adding the Andrew Ormsby yeah. because I thought the other one was for your YouTube channel. I knew yeah. you weren't doing that anymore, yeah. so it's good to know that that's the Twitter handle that you still want to use. So at yeah. Flick Freaks, if you want to hang out with uh, Andrew on Twitter, mine's at Aaron Dicer. Uh, I guess I would say I just published a different kind of video for me. It's the first time I've ever done something like this. So if you want to go check it out, let me know what you think. Uh, we recently sent the movie Jumanji uh, on CinemaSins, and I and I wrote on that look. That look. It's like it's like a little puppy dog sadness from Andrew. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so you do realize we still, you know, you can still love the movie and point out the mistakes, right? Oh, I do that all the okay, time. Okay, good. Uh, that, that was more sarcasm than anything. So we did Jumanji, and I I wrote a thousand word, twenty three sin diatribe on the game board of Jumanji and how little attention they pay to the continuity of the game board. That's so impressive. Uh, but it got it got condensed because it was just going to be too long for the main video. Mm -hmm. So I produced that thousand word diatribe on my own channel uh, about you know every mistake in the actual gameplay of Jumanji. So if you want to go check that out, let me know what you think. Uh, you can check out Your Movie Friend YouTube channel is where that's living right now. So 
Um, so that was that was the most intensive video editing I've ever done. Like to kind of because I had to have like you know like charts and dice rolls yeah. and all that kind of stuff, or else it was going to be way too confusing. So. Yeah. So go check that out. Let me know uh, what you think, and I appreciate it. Much love and gratitude to our Patreon supporters for giving monthly to make this show and others on the network possible. Support starts at 3 bucks a month. Comes with some pretty fun perks. You can find out more at patreon.com slash studio DNA. Lots of ways to connect with the podcast, but we recommend commenting at Spreaker. Uh, it is the one-stop shop for everything Studio DNA podcast related, including Sif Pop. Uh, so you can go to Spreaker.com slash Studio DNA or email if email works better for you still. Email us at feedback at SifPop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, make sure you let your movie-loving friends know about the podcast. They'll probably like it, too. So let them know about it and that listening is much easier than pleasing a 100% of a rabid fan base. <laughs> Spoiler chat for The Last Jedi is up next in your podcast feed. We will see you there and then we'll see you back next week for some more pop culture talk. Peace. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.